What's up, everyone? I am so happy to welcome you back to another week of everybody's favorite podcast, TV channeling. (laughs) (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. (laughs) Starring Uh, Tachi and Kevin, apparently. Yeah, you know, I just had to do that 1960s TV thing. We don't do enough of that. <laughs> you, you know, you need the music macro. Da, 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 da. Exactly. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, if it was TV, you would see us freeze. Da, so. da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 dear. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> yes, yes, you're so in my head. Anyway, my dear Kevin, how are you? I am great, Tachi. This is our second new show of 2019, so I'm feeling really good. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic, as per usual. So, uh, you know, I know how you don't like to do foreplay, so we're going to get right into <laughs> it. Wow, I'm going to get a lot of dates after this show. All right. <laughs> so- you go right into it. There's no massaging, nothing. <laughs> All right, so, all right, we're going to have a lot of entertainment news, but first we're going to review a brand new show that's on Fox. It airs Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, and the show is called The Passage. And, it's and actually... before you even go into that, 20 minutes on the clock, please. <laughs> oh, damn that clock. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I forgot. I didn't Ah, oh, no. No, sir. Continue. Uh, All right. So the show is called The Passage. It airs on Fox on Mondays. Let me tell you a little bit about it. When a botched U.S. government experiment turns a group of death row inmates into highly infectious vampires, an orphan girl might be the only person able to stop the ensuing crisis. So, Tachi, what did you think of Fox's The Passage? When I was watching it, I was immediately transported back to our previous conversation about how we were talking about the fails of comedy on network TV. And I think that they have done so much better when it comes to dramas. I think, you know, even though the sitcom was invented on network TV, you just may have outlived your time. <laughs> sitcom, <laughs> network TV sitcom, because you're not doing it anymore. I don't know if you can't speak to this generation or you can't capture that magic or we were just all damn stupid back in the day and just laughed just because. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that they have done a much better job in terms uh, of this. And, you know, it, it it it's really interesting. I was digging it and into it because of the sci-fi nature of it. So, you know, I'm a very big sci-fi fan. And right away, there was a, there was a lot of capturing. So what's his name? Uh, Mark, is it Mark Paul Gosselaire from, um, from Saved by the Bell? Yes. He has transformed into quite a sexy man, I must say. You know, the funny thing is, I didn't realize that he was from Saved by the Bell until you just said that. I'm like, oh, wait, is that the guy from Saved by the Bell? That's Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. You, wow. You, you get no Zach from him at all. No Zach attack from him. No Zach attack. Now, you know, no Bayside High. No cheesy California uh, high school 90210-ish type of thing. Though I loved those in their time. You, you It is... You're what that's what happens. You're an actor. You're supposed to be able to transform yourself. Uh, 
but he's done a, a magnificent job of transforming himself. And I'm just... Kevin, what did you think? You know, I never ask you what you think, please. <laughs> well, first of all, I got I can't just let it go that you basically pronounced uh, the time of death for network sitcoms as being January 2019. <laughs> I will remember you. <laughs> will you remember me? <laughs> In, in fact, my clock is off because it was actually several years before me. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, you know what? Honestly, um, there's so many things I want to talk about when it comes to this show, but I don't have much that damn clock. All right, so the there is uh, there's this bird flu that's going on that's become airborne and it's already killed fifteen thousand people uh, at the beginning of the show. So there is this uh, uh, project Noah that they're working on that's going to immune uh, uh, as a to immune as what immunizations i can't even talk right now but anyway uh that they're uh, create that's going to basically be some kind of serum they can give to all these people that's going to basically uh protect everybody's immune system from this uh ensuing uh you know pandemic um so there's a couple things uh first when they're actually going uh to some like through this jungle uh the the group of scientists with a bunch of like locals at one point they're like uh, they have to go into this cave and the locals are all like well this is as far as we're going to take you we're not going any further in a if you're in a movie or a tv show and you're being led by sherpas or something they're like this is as far as we'll go you go you go white people no (laughs) do not go (laughs) It is going to be horrible. And so, of course, quickly, one of the, the, uh, the, the these two doctors gets infected. And he basically becomes like a vampire. And one of the lines is, that, that was really, uh, I thought, funny was this one guy said, um, let me see if I can find it, uh, that... Um, he basically says that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, these, these people that have been infected become, you know, bloodsuckers, um, and we're doing everything we can not to call them vampires. And so then someone's all like, well, why don't you call them vampires? Oh, cause vampires don't exist. It's like, what, what, what are we looking at? So, <laughs> so that part is, uh, super cray. And, um, but so, we do that now. You, if you think about it, it's, it's almost a play on what is done now in terms of not calling a thing a thing and therefore it doesn't exist. Yeah, okay, I found like like he's a lethal he's a lead blood he's a lead a lethal blood sucking monster that we're all very careful not to call a vampire. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, call a thief a thief. I I don't get it. All right. So, um, how what comes into this uh, is as they're doing these, they're testing uh, the first doctor that gets infected. Um, everything wrong with him gets fixed, but he turns, he gets in, goes into this like catatonic state. And so they've tested it on other people, death row inmates. Um, and that's another thing. If you have some kind of drug that makes people into like, like give them, makes them super powerful, who do you want to test it on? Homicidal maniacs. That's a good idea. Of course. So That's very ethical. Very ethical. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to basically give them that radioactive spider bite that made Spider Man Spider Man. Give it to crazy killers. Um so so there's that. Um another thing. We meet this little girl. Oh, I forgot the, the build up to how how the little girl comes into the story. So 
they actually uh, have tested on a few people and they find that the younger the person is when they inject them with this serum, the longer the longer they seem to stay okay before they turn before they become a canatonic vampire. And so this one scientist basically says we need to do this on a child mm-hmm. because the ch- a child has enough uh, uh certain kinds of cells that that it won't affect them and they'll be fine and then we'll actually have their blood will be like a cure and so you need to find a girl a, a child that no one cares about that has no one and isn't going to be missed so uh, then we cut to these two agents that are uh, basically looking and we cut to this little girl whose mother ODs on drugs and she's in foster care and these two mysterious men come to take her away. And uh, when that happens, a report uh, starts to develop between... Um, I guess the Saved by the Bell guy and the little girl. Um, the little girl's name is Amy. Amy Belafonte. Yeah. What did you think of her? I thought, well, well, first of all, to be a young girl or a young actor and to be able to carry a role of this magnitude is is amazing in and of itself because the basically as we were saying, the fate of the world basically rests in her. I think she did she did a an amazing job it in at least in this first um i don't i can't imagine she wouldn't do well yeah on the first show (laughs) (laughs) at least on the first show she well she she did a really really good job and just to go um uh to mark paul gosselaire's uh brad wolgast is his name uh that one of the agents yeah agent brad Agent Brad, he sympathizes with her and sees the humanity. The other one clearly does not. But this one sympathizes with her and sees the humanity because something is up with, and we don't get the full scope of it, but we see these flashbacks of him and the wife and the child. So not quite sure exactly what happens with that, but that's probably where that connection is and why he can't just arbitrarily snatch little amy and allow her to be subjected to these uh Tuskegee experiments tests. yes well another uh i love how they developed in the show is an hour and with commercials it's like 44 minutes it's amazing right. how quickly they let the chemistry between these two develop and it actually felt genuine at one point after they kidnapped the little girl because one of the agents actually hits the little girl when she's trying to get away and then um agent brad actually like knocks this guy's head into the dashboard and is like if you ever hit this girl again so that was a good a good moment but i love the little girl gets uh car sick and so agent brad uh, uh pulls over and he's sitting with her and he was saying how like you know the problem is you can't be reading while in a car and she goes maybe it has something to do with the fact that i've been kidnapped that's <laughs> why my stomach is upset <laughs> So, right, like, yeah, that, right. that might have a little bit to do with it. And so they are, they develop a kind of a rapport and a back and forth. And there's a scene when he's basically going to take her to her doom. And, um, he, uh, they, they pass by a carnival and he takes her to the carnival and, um, they have a really sweet moment. And then you mentioned about something about his past because he's a man with a past. Another funny line right. that, uh, Amy has is when, uh, they're driving, uh, and, uh, it's kind of part of the movie is just a road trip as they're driving. 
uh, he gives her an iPad to look at, and she's been upgraded to the front seat because of the fact that she got car sick. And so, uh, uh, of course, she's watching uh, a Fox show, uh, Bob's Burgers, that we can both vouch for. And who knew <laughs> that? Who knew that watching Bob's Burgers soothed children that are being kidnapped so much? So, note to self: If I'm ever kidnapping a kid, make sure I have some episodes of Bob's Burgers loaded up. The so, <laughs> by Kevin no Malone are not necessarily <laughs> Thanks for the head up fox so <laughs> anyway as she's watching bob's burgers uh a notification comes up from uh agent brad's ex-wife and so she goes oh there's a notification uh from uh from your ex-wife and so the other agent is shocked to hear that he goes you have an ex-wife and then amy says like what other kind of wife would he have <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly, like, exactly i'm like okay this 10 year old is cracking wise i am all about her I do. I love. I loved her. The fact that, but you know what? That that persona fits with somebody who kind of has this tough life. Her mother was a drug addict. Now she's in foster care with people who clearly don't care about her. Uh, so you know she's built up. I don't know how old is she supposed to be. Like she's ten or 10? She's ten. Okay. They mentioned that she's ten. I see. I missed that. All right. So she's ten years old, and so in her ten years, she's had a tough. 10 years oh speaking so, of the tough 10 years when after her mother died of uh, in the you know horrible way that she died um and uh she tells agent brad this after uh agent brad decides that he is not gonna let uh her be experimented on after they have that incredible time at the carnival and she wins the world's biggest stuffed unicorn it was ginormous yes uh, it was so cute so um he takes out the other agent um knocks him out and then is on the lamb with amy and um what was so cool about that is uh she's asleep and when she wakes up they're like at a river's edge and he takes her out tells her to get out of the car and she goes what are we here for and he tells her that you know she needs to say goodbye to her mother Mm -hmm. and they have like a little service at the edge of the river and it's raining and and he says tell me some memories about your mother and she talks i think he goes and and she, and she just kind of looks at him like whatever and, and she goes you know you, got, you have some good memories don't you and then she talks about how her mother made her a birthday cake out of many uh powdered sugar donuts, donuts and yeah. topped it with whipped cream and put candles on it and let her eat it for breakfast or something and then uh and she and she said and, and he goes anything else and she goes she told me that i was the joy of her life she said that a lot and then she tears up and so yes. i'm not gonna say that there was any tv reviewers that teared up okay but i'm not gonna say there aren't <laughs> when that happened i'm not gonna say i'm not sure so anyway <laughs> it was very touching to some i'm not saying me J- just a few some might have been moved i'm not saying i was but his first initial may be k well, you know what the thing is, I think that's an interesting point in the writing that you that they would do that because, OK, the mother then becomes this uh, recurrent force that the and the fact that she is someone and that she does matter, that she doesn't materialize out of air because they could have left the mother as a presence out and we never would have heard about her again. Uh, but they chose they chose to bring her up. And this really says that, you know, regardless of whatever, despite whatever, this is still this girl's mother. So 
Oh, you still absolutely. have to pay respect. You know, so I, I respect them for putting that in there. So often when those types of things happen, you know, it humanized her too, because you think, oh, drug addict, you know, and people have such a low tolerance for people who suffer from drug addiction. And so, you know, they blame them and that type of thing. So, okay, drug addict, but it humanizes her because it shows that, yeah, even though you're an addict, it doesn't mean you're not human. It doesn't mean that you don't feel. And, you know, when he pulled those things out of her, yeah, well, she was a decent human being who was sick. Oh, absolutely. And also what bonds them is, it, even though they haven't said it outright, it seems clear to me that Brad uh, has an ex-wife and that there was some kind of tragedy where they had a daughter and she's not around. We're not exactly sure why, but I think that uh, that Agent Brad feels responsible and he's not going to let another girl go down under, under his watch. And that's why he's now on the run and has agents uh, from all across the country on his tail trying to kill him and get that little girl. And so I'm totally feeling it. And I got to say, there was a scene where Brad and uh, Amy, when they're on the run, and he decides to to, uh, he, uh, uh, to turn himself into the police yes. to protect her. And uh, right before he does, he, he says he wants to tell her something. And he says, uh, he goes, he tells her, your life is important. You are important. You're, uh, you're wicked smart. You're strong and fast and funny and tough. And you can do anything with your life that you want to. That isn't my opinion. It's a fact. And when I was watching this scene, I was thinking like, okay, Tati, I'm going to ask you a question. Trivia. Did that scene remind you of a scene of like an Oscar winning movie of any it, kind? It in did. And shall I, re- shall I repeat the. Uh, or, uh, and did that it? movie star Viola Davis by any chance? Yes. And I'll give you the line. You is kind. <laughs> you is smart. You is important. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Viola, she's, even, she's she's making she's making other TV shows better. She's not even there. <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. The ghost presence, and, and so I will say that it did remind me of that, and not in an an annoying way. It did re- definitely remind me of that. Every every show, every movie takes uh, aspects from other shows and other movies and books, etc. I I will say that even though we need the part of him being on the run because he has a past and something happened with his ex-wife and his daughter and we're guessing his daughter he feels responsible for whatever happened to the daughter it's it's a trite storyline so even though we need it and it makes sense in the scope of that it's like okay well maybe something else could we have found something else? I I don't know what but you know that's my that's my my one of my only points about this. Well, this is one of the things where a lot of the uh, like things that are trite or are done to death or or not plausible you can forgive when you have genuine chemistry and you feel like the characters really care about each other it makes you care about them and it makes you feel invested in brad and amy's story so i'm in when it comes to them but one part i want to talk about bugging you one of the parts that bugged me is back at the at the at the secret science lair lab um it is a lair too it's a lair and a lab (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> when they're at, when they're there, um, uh, Doctor Lear, <laughs> there's Lears and Lairs. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Lear is looking at his uh, former partner, who's in this catatonic state, who just kind of stares into space. And um, there's these like there's straight out of like Hannibal Lecter. Damn oh. it! 
<laughs> no, I don't care. I'm overriding the clock on this. This has to I be. I will mentioned. allow you to finish your statement. Let quickly. me finish my statement. Okay, so so anyway, so the there's these glass uh, cages that all the vampires are in, and so the one of the guards tells uh, uh Doctor Lear. He goes, he goes, you know. I feel like Dr. Fanning comes to me in my dreams and he talks to me, even though he's in a catatonic state. And he and, and the guy's like, what does he say? He keeps telling me that he wants to go home and he wants me to, to, to go, go with him. And so, uh, and he goes, and he goes, and the other guards say that they're having the same dreams. And so then the, the doctor is like, he goes, uh, yeah, that's just like, you know, you're just suffering from cabin fever. I wouldn't make too much of that. Wait, so we, we have a mysterious virus that's made these people want to drink blood. And now the one of the head guards is telling you that he's having dreams he's being spoken to by the your vampire friend and you're like, oh, don't don't pay attention to that. That's nothing. <laughs> like, really? He's like, my dear, don't mind him. <laughs> That's basically what I'm saying. Don't <laughs> that mind is him. No big deal. So ugh. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's time for me to ask the question you know I love to ask. Sure. Tachi. When yes. it comes to the sci-fi drama, <laughs> The Fox's The Passage, are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the channel? Oh, I'm definitely going to keep watching. Uh, you, I, again, am very into sci-fi. It was compelling. I believe the characters. I get their connection. I care about the characters. So that really, really makes me want to uh, to continue to watch. And despite the fact that, you know, I think, let me look at the score really quickly. I think it was, okay, the critical reception, they said that the series has holds an approval rating of 50% based on 20 reviews, which is not very much, uh, with an average of 5.83.10 on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, that to me is a little bit low for what it is. I think I think it's great. Well, you know, it is based on a series of novels, so they might people that may have been reviewing True. it may have been comparing it to the books, and we know that lots of things do that. Pair, pale in comparison when you're comparing a movie or a television show to source material that's a novel. Um, p- people normally uh, that were fans of the original thing are upset with the because it doesn't meet what was in their mind's eye bloody hell okay um then let me ask you <clears throat> let me ask you when it comes to the passage are you going to keep watching or change the channel is it foxes the passage I'm <laughs> when it comes to foxes the passage <laughs> bram stroker's dracula when it comes to foxes the passage are you going to keep watching or change the channel am i going to keep watching the passage Hmm, let me think. One thing we didn't mention before is that uh, the head doctor that's working on this, or one of the doctors working on this case is Nicole Skies. She is a uh, black British doctor. And gorgeous. Those of you who are regular listeners to TV channeling know that I love a British accent. But when it comes out of a sexy black female scientist, I love it a little bit more. Yes. So, am I going to keep watching the show that has a sexy black British scientist, an adorable, wisecracking little girl with superpowers, being hunted by government agents and vampires? Oh, and who happens to be on the run with an even cuter version of Chris Pratt, who's even more badass? Yeah, I think I can give it a few more episodes, Touchy. <laughs> a simple yes would have sufficed. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, then, you know what? I think, yes, I'm okay. going to keep watching Fox's The Passage. Thank you. So hopefully you guys get a chance to check out The Passage. The Passage comes on what night again, please? It comes on Mondays at 9 o'clock Eastern and Pacific. And if you haven't seen the pilot that we just reviewed, you can go check it out on uh, with the Fox app or on Fox.com. All right. Set those DVRs, people. Moving on. We now are going to get to the news of the day and week and month and all of that. You ready, Kev? I am so ready. There is so much going on. What is happening in the world of entertainment this week, Tachi? Okay, so Leslie Jones, as you know from SNL fame, has called the Ghostbusters sequel insulting and a D move. And by D, you know what word is insulted. Dangerous? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's shorter than dangerous. It ends with a K. Despicable? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're instigating. And disturbing? Uh, <laughs> well, the word is disturbing, and apparently it was a disturbing move. So okay. this film is going to be directed by Jason Reitman, and it's going to have no connection to the 2016 all-female revival uh, in which Leslie Jones starred. And she's not happy with the announcement that came out last week that they're planning another Ghostbusters sequel. It is kind of like a slap the light. Well, forget this one. Let's start over and do it again. In a way, that's what it seems like. She wrote in a tweet on Saturday, so insulting, and added that it's like the version she starred in uh, didn't count. Or she put didn't count. <laughs> like she, okay. for, for emphasis. <laughs> for emphasis. Okay, well, I and, have some... Go ahead. And she said in the voice of the person that lives in the White House currently, it's like something he would do, she tweeted. And then she put his voice in parentheses. Gonna redo Ghostbusters better with men. It'll be you. (laughs) Those women ain't got Ghostbusters. Ugh, so annoying. Such a D move. And I don't give an F. I'm saying something. (laughs) In his voice. So not only did she vehemently disagree with this move she also was funny about it okay first of all i gotta give a shout out to leslie jones for getting i never thought i'd get tachi to do her impression of cheeto satan on the air that is amazing so thank you <laughs> leslie jones notice I didn't you were a true talent that is amazing <laughs> that you managed to get tachi to do that all right the thing that i'm gonna say i'm actually gonna come out on a sh- i'm gonna take a shocking stand on this okay i don't i don't agree with leslie jones not even a little bit and okay. here's here's why if you saw the their Ghostbusters was a reboot. It was not a sequel. It didn't exist in the same universe as the original two Ghostbuster movies. They didn't acknowledge the original Ghostbusters. So the idea that they're not being acknowledged in a sequel that's going to theoretically be Ghostbusters 3, why would they be surprised that they weren't in that movie or being acknowledged? Because they they didn't acknowledge the original Ghostbusters or the original cast in their movie. Why should they acknowledge them? They exist in two different uh, movie universes. Are they acknowledging, well, you, albeit you probably don't know, but are they going to acknowledge the original cast in this yes, they sequel? Yes, they are. This is actually oh. going to be a sequel to Ghostbusters 2. The, uh, the word on the street is, 
that they're actually uh, now casting. They're looking for two male teenagers and two female teenagers, and they're going to be the new Ghostbusters, but they are in talks with some of the original cast members from the original Ghostbusters 1 and 2 to have them be a part of the story. So it exists in the same universe as the first two movies. So everything that happened there happened in their world. If you saw Ghostbusters uh, from 2016, that movie, they had no knowledge. They were the first person's p- people to call themselves Ghostbusters and use that logo. They were not mentioning, well, you know, like back in the 80s, where these other guys that were Ghostbusting ghosts or ghosts or a thing that we all know about that's proven. That whole story was about the idea that there were ghosts in New York City and nobody believed them. It's like, well, don't you guys remember back in the 80s when there was ghosts that took over the city? because that didn't happen in their universe this was the first time this was happening so why would they acknowledge leslie jones and uh company uh their movie doesn't they they didn't acknowledge the original why would they be acknowledged i think it's crazy for her to be taking this so hard the fact that there's going to be uh female leads in this new version says that we've come forward so it's not going to just be a bunch of dudes it's not going to be a sausage party fighting ghost there's going to be you know some ovaries in the mix Wow, sausage and ovaries. Anyway, sounds like <laughs> a bad restaurant. But anyway, I, I okay, so I, I I partially agree with you. I, I can see <laughs> I partially agree with you because I, I do see that okay, it's not in the same universe. It I get it. I understand that it doesn't make physical sense to acknowledge Leslie Jones and crew because it didn't take place place in the same universe. My issue with that is that it does totally erase the 2016, even though it didn't take place in the same universe. To me, that was the fault of the writers and the uh, the producers and the filmmaker for not making that happen, not the cast and crew. So now the cast and uh, the cast is suffering because they didn't write it properly. You understand but, what yeah, I'm but, saying? But, but, this so, is, but this doesn't stop. There can still be a sequel to the all-female-led Ghostbusters. They can do another movie and continue their the story, uh, the stories of those four women that are busting ghosts. No one's no, stopping no, no, them from doing it. I get it. That. I get it. But what they should have done in the first place was connect it to the original Ghostbusters, so that it doesn't seem like it's a dangling participle, which is what it seems like now. And you know, they can do a sequel, but in all likelihood, are they going to? Probably not. So I well, think this is where the um, the annoyance and uh, comes in with that it does seem like it's it's going to be totally erased but remember that that's one thing that when the when the ghostbusters came out with leslie jones and i can't first for some reason melissa mccarthy and the rest of the cast uh kristen wig um that was tight they were saying that that was a reboot so a reboot does not acknowledge so like if you're going to do like a reboot of charlie's angels or whatever the angels like i'm sure it'll be interesting because we talked about it last week there's going to be a new charlie's angels uh reboot yet again with uh lupita nyong'o and that and that and that chick Kristen Stewart. Oh God. Anyway, please make unreasonable demands, Kristen Stewart, and get get yourself out of that movie. But anyway, are they going to acknowledge the one with Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu? My girl Drew. <laughs> anyway. Oh God, they, please don't, don't. I cannot relive that song. This are, they gonna, are they gonna I acknowledge it? Because in that movie was crazy. Remember how they were doing that whole crotching tiger hidden dragon where they were 
kicking and flying across the room and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, That was so weird and stupid. I don't know why they did that. But my guess is Lupita Nyong'o is not going to be flying around, you know, uh, uh, in her version of Charlie's Angels. And so my guess is they won't acknowledge that version because this is a reboot. They're starting all over again. Forget about those other Charlie's Angels. We're having this Charlie's Angels. But please have Jacqueline Smith do a cameo, y'all, if you're smart. Okay, so I understand that, but it's one thing if each one is in individually mutually exclusive, but then you have these two that are connected and this dangling participle by itself, but they're all Ghostbusters. See, the thing is, you know, because you are a entertainment fan, a movie buff, you know, we, we understand and we know this, but the average person is not going to get that. So we're analyzing it on the level that the average person probably is not going to analyze it. And it's just going to be weird. Well, you know, I guess they could do like an into the uh, spider verse kind of thing and do an into the ghostbusting verse and have it be where the two different universes collide or something due to some kind of supernatural thing. But my guess is they won't. They probably won't. But now you're thinking that 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 would make that would make sense. But you're right. They probably won't. Well, I mean, it, it depends on to me. They could make even more money by basically doing two different tracks. They can have the female Ghostbusters. To me, the problem with the female led Ghostbusters was that it was just called Ghostbusters, period. If they had called it Ghostbusting something else or Ghostbusters L.A. or something like that and rebranded it slightly, then it would be the idea that they can both be happening simultaneously. Because if there's a new Ghostbusters with the all female cast, what do they call that is that going to be called ghostbusters 2 as well and so it'll be ghostbusters 2 2019 or 2020 with it because that's what if you look up ghostbusters it'll be ghost but the original ghostbusters and then there's ghostbusters you know 2016 in parentheses so i don't know i don't like that i don't either but um who cares anyway Let's move on to that. <laughs> but I, I have to say, apparently, Bustin does not make Leslie Jones feel good. Yeah, I guess not. Sorry, Leslie. So <laughs> they're gonna do, look, they're going to do what they want to do anyway. It is what it is. All right. Let's move on to the next story. Um, everybody's uh, so many people love Gladys Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you fix your face, please? I can't even see your face, but I can hear your voice that it needs to be fixed. So, okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so many people love Gladys Knight, and the Super Bowl committee knows this. And as such, they have slated Gladys Knight to perform the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I don't know what number Super Bowl this is. It's L-I-I-I, uh, so it's something 23. I'm sorry, something in three at the end. I don't remember my um, Roman numerals enough to remember what L was. Don't know, don't care, but go ahead. Don't either. Anyway, <laughs> so we don't know what teams are going to play until Sunday night, but everything else is falling into place in terms of entertainment. So Thursday, the NFL announced that... Gladys Knight is going to perform the national anthem. It's going to be held in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Okay, it's probably good I'm not going to be there then. Too much traffic. <laughs> and then she said in a statement, I'm proud to use my voice to unite and represent our country in my hometown of Atlanta. I didn't know she was a from a, oh, Midnight Train. Atlantean or something? Atlantean. Yeah, but Midnight Train to Georgia. I guess, okay, I guess I get it now. And the NFL recently announced their new social justice platform, oh God of heavens, Inspire Change, and I'm honored to be part of its inaugural year. 
Mm-hmm. Gonna, nice I'm, try, I'm not going to say anything until I finish this story. I'm, so now, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm holding. I'm holding. I'm holding my my horses. Performer and death activist Aaron Loggins is going to sign the American in American Sign Language the national anthem and America the Beautiful, according to a press release. And then finally, they've also confirmed Maroon Five as the official halftime show performer and will be joined by. Travis Scott and Big Boy from Outcast. Yeah, so they've got their entertainment together, even if they don't know what teams are there. Now, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and make comments, sir. Well, first, didn't Gladys... So Gladys Knight made... I guess the statement that you read was just that her, that's on her only statement on this, that she's going to be a part of this, you know, uniting or something like as that? As far as I know, I haven't heard anything Okay, else. well, anyway, no, unless she's going to be singing the national anthem while taking a knee, no dice, Gladys. <laughs> so, I, I or unless she's going to switch at the last minute and say, I will now sing Lift Every Voice and sing the Black National <laughs> Anthem... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah yeah I yeah. so ahead. so well okay so here's the issue sorry to interrupt you here's the issue there have been donkeys barrel loads of of performers who have said no to this including Rihanna including some other performers because of the the um uh, controversy with Travis Kalanick Kaepernick sorry Kalanick Kaepernick. No, wait a minute. What's his Colin name? Colin Kaepernick. Who is Travis Cut? You think you're thinking of the rapper? Damn it. Yes. So not Travis Cut, but because of Colin Kaepernick. So because of Colin Kaepernick and the controversy because of of him uh, kneeling and the NFL not being too happy with that. Really, I don't think they give a damn one way or the other. It's the fans that they give that, that give a damn. The racist fans that give a damn. And so that's why the NFL gives a damn. So um, because of all of that. There and the lack of support that the NFL has had for um, Colin Kaepernick and these types of issues, because let's 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 face it, this is my opinion and kind of fact. They don't really give two dams about the players in that sense. Um, you could be shot in the streets and they're not going to care. They um, they care about football and they care about the league and they care about the money that the league makes. That's it. And so as long as you're a trained monkey and you continue to run, fine with them. But the Ouch. You open okay. your, I'm use, saying. Use the, the M word. Well, come after me. See what happens. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not you already like you already have the beehive after you after last week's episode, but mm. fine. The well, bees will sting these monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You all can fight to the death. Okay, but, okay. What but, bo- what bothers me is when it comes to the NFL, we have seen video of one player knocking out his wife yes and then dragging her unconscious body out of the uh out of the uh uh out of out of the elevator he gets to still play michael vick one of the most just did some of the most disturbing disgusting things to animals taking bringing animal abuse to new heights in fact i mean i, I to me i think he's when it comes to dogs he is their hitler so <laughs> the idea that he can play in the NFL, that's cool, all's forgiven. And Colin Kaepernick, who was a pretty good uh, uh, quarterback, there's no team that he can play for now. No, Gladys Knight. I'm sorry. Same thing for you, Maroon 5. 
the idea that anybody and and those those rappers that are and big boy big, big boy and, and you know the, i i well okay this is why they pulled these people in because they're like okay they're atlantans i think travis scott is from atlanta originally too i'm not sure but uh they pulled them in okay these are local people we're gonna pull in you know local homegrown folks and you know of course we've got to have somebody from outcast but you know i don't give a damn if it is your hometown look at what it's being stood for so you perform you get your whatever uh, hundreds of thousands you get for that performance and that's it they still don't change the way they approach things they yeah. still don't change their uh their policies so you're you're hurting the problem you're, you're you're actually adding to the problem because you're willing to turn the other line turn the other way through a picket line yeah when when they started this whatever that whatever you said that they're 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 this new thing that they're launching is to me uh just a Nonsense. band-aid they're, they're they're putting on this thing Unless they were starting it and they had Colin Kaepernick there standing there saying he's going to basically be heading up this or something like that or that he was going to be playing on a team until he's back in the NFL in, under, in some capacity. I, as a performer, I wouldn't be a part of it until they were free to kneel on the field and protest like any other American citizen has the right to do in their way, a very respectful way to protest. If they're not free to do that, I don't understand if you're from Atlanta or not as a performer, let them find, you know, uh, uh, some uh, uh, play some karaoke music or something like that. I would not be appearing there. And since then, I'm sorry, until Gladys Knight takes a midnight train to another stadium to perform at a baseball game or a basketball game i don't give a pip about her i am done with you gladys and you know what and i know that you are the bumblebee on the mass singer and i am done with you on there too mm. even though you were good i gotta admit her her version of chandelier was off the charts but i am done with you this is uh, this is not cool and big boy i'm sorry Big boy, to me, you are a small man. You better take a knee when you're done performing. Take a knee and, and raise Scott, your fist. Raise your Scott. fist black power style back in the old days. Exactly. Travis Scott, you already nothing. All, all you have in your favor is what? That she she's he's dating uh, one of the Kardashians. Is he one, one of the Kardashians? Yeah, so. I don't but, remember. Yeah, there's so many Kendall Kardashians and yeah. So and so many people have been there before him, so to speak. So Psh, exactly, you <laughs> have used goods now, and I'm not saying that trying to be, you know, well, shady. Yes, I am. Let me. Be <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, how is that? How is there a non-shady way to say? <laughs> There's not, and that's exactly what I meant. I meant to throw shade. What the hell ever? But yeah, I I just think it's despicable. At some point, the reason things don't change is when you have people. You have this lack of unity. If you cannot, you. I mean, really, is it that deep for you that you had to cross the picket line, so to speak, to absolutely, perform here? Absolutely, absolutely. It's I mean, that it's deep. A, you need money that much. And honestly, I'm just, I want to make one thing clear. This is not just um, an issue with black people. I'm upset with Maroon 5 and Adam Levine. I, I feel like no, perf no performer that's even reasonably kind of woke should be a part doing having anything to do with the NFL until they basically change these policies and and uh, and bring Colin Kaepernick back. Until they do that, we're done. It's just that it's not complicated. And so Rihanna was absolutely on the right side of this. 
Absolutely. You know what? Here's the thing. Now, this is not going to affect their careers the same way performing at the White House did for Chrisette Michelle. Chrisette Michelle is basically just obliterated now. Um, so you remember that whole. Uh, oh, yes, I absolutely do. I don't know right. what the hell she was thinking. She was she needed some money and she got her little coins and now it's probably all gone. So how did that happen? And then she has no career. So aside from the career, just do what's right. And, you know, her thing was like, well, I was trying to be a bridge. And I told two people the other day, you cannot build a bridge to the devil. So how did that work for you? So yeah, the in, bridge is out. The the bridge the, got washed out by the storm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Swept away by a tsunami. Now, how is that working for you? And so I think that anybody who calls themselves a person who may be oppressed, a person who is supposed to be an ally, you don't cross the picket line and perform until those conditions are corrected. So, um, you, oh, so in the words of Huggy Lowdown, Big Boy, Travis Scott, Maroon 5, and Gladys Knight, you are the Bama of the week. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah no i i am i am through with all of them i can't i really can't believe it i'm really stunned that they would cross the picket line and uh be a part of this and let's face it the uh one thing that people some people may not know is that the halftime show oftentimes does better in the ratings than the rest of the Super Bowl. Like when you had Madonna, when you had uh, Beyonce, the the ratings actually went up during the Super Bowl during the halftime show. That's so all it, people tune in for. Exactly. I'm telling so. you, halftime, it's like halftime at a football game at an HBCU. I told you, most of us don't give two dams about the football game. In fact, as long as we get there in time for halftime, that's all we care about. Because you see us exiting soon after. <laughs> because we only care about the bands. Okay? That's what we care about. So, you know, this is the same type of thing with the, fo- the people care about... Okay, diehard football fans care about the game. Definitely. But, you know, the halftime show makes it. It's... Uh, I, I'm just not a football fan, so that's just me, but, so, you know, with this whole, this whole thing is not affecting me any, because I don't watch you anyway. So. Yeah, a- Adam Levine and Maroon 5, you will not be loved. I'm D- exactly. done. Exactly. And although I'm going to stop short of destroying my Maroon 5 CD because I paid money for it, <laughs> I won't be listening to it. Yeah, we're not, we're not buying anything new. We're listening to the songs we already have, but exactly. nothing new. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of listening to what you already have, if you can even do that, so Erica Badu, Drew Booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are saving that Badu, one. Badu, Drew Booze. <laughs> <laughs> At a Chicago concert after commenting on R. Kelly. And see, sis, and all of the rest of you, stop commenting on ish you know nothing about. How about that? So singer-songwriter Erica Badu got booze from a Chicago crowd after bringing up R. Kelly Saturday night at a concert. And R. Kelly's hometown is Chicago. So a few songs into her show at the Aragon Ballroom. Now, mind you, she this is her show. It is not an R. Kelly show. She is not opening up for R. Kelly. She simply happens to be in the same city that he lives in. That the By the way, Oprah lives there, to, is from there too. Did you uh, say anything about Oprah? No. <laughs> what would be, you know why? Because Oprah isn't accused of urinating on children. So 
that's why she didn't mention Oprah. <laughs> exactly. It's, so yeah, um, it was at the Aragon Ballroom in the Uptown neighborhood, and she took a break from her set to talk about Kelly. Now, see, here's the thing. When you take a break, don't talk about sociopolitical things. Yeah, talk but you know about what? Erica, your man. Erica, Erica Badu sees herself as a provocateur. That's just the, That's just it. That, oh, that's fine, but can you be right if you're going to be provocative? <laughs> okay. No, she said she's going to be provocative. She didn't say she's going to be right. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, she, so according to uh, a concert goer, Vanessa Gonzalez, she flew into Chicago from LA for the concert to celebrate a friend's birthday. And Gonzalez says she starts off the concert and everything is going great. She decided to bring up R. Kelly and how Chicago feels about R. Kelly and everybody started booing. And Badu said, she, this is what she said, I'm putting up, and let me say it in her voice, I'm putting up a prayer for right now for R according to videos posted on social media and people started booing. So the singer redirected the audience away from criticizing Kelly by saying, that's not love, which beating <laughs> on someone is not love. Beating someone with an inch of their life is not love. Luring young girls away from high schools, etc., to join your sick, twisted cult is not love. And you want to say people booing is not love? Where what happened to the um sons of God and earth religion you were you were supposed to be about and your wokeness? But then Badu wondered out loud if one of Kelly's alleged victims would be crucified if she grew up to be an offender. It's just something to think about, she said. The cr- and Gonzalez then says, the crowd, we were just kind of looking at each other like, is this happening right now? When well, you with the crowd, should have said, like, you know what, Erica, you better go call Tyrone. Exactly. <laughs> and have him pick you up from exactly. the stage because this is just all kinds of messed up. Help you better you go call him. Wish. Go call him. <laughs> call him, Erica. Call him. <laughs> said you better call Tyrone. <laughs> Call him! <laughs> oh Tell him, come on, help you get your ish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, help, help, Tyrone, help her get that microphone stand. The stand. Help, help, help her get all those head wraps and leave. The head wraps, <laughs> the, the, the incense, the beads. You are no longer welcome in Chicago. <laughs> libation. Pack it all up in your your uh straw travel your dashikis, bag. all exactly. of it. Gotta gotta go. Pack it up. Yeah, exactly. No, I I am just stunned. I am literally stunned at the stupidity of that and putting that out there. And, and to me, at least, be smart enough to save it for the at the end of the show, so people are booing as they're leaving. I don't know why. <laughs> why in the middle of your show, we're gonna turn the crowd against you? Just not smart. I honestly, I I don't get it. She's supposed to be provocative. Remember, she did that video where she was like walking topless oh, on the grassy she- knoll and everything. Oh, not just topless. She stripped completely. Oh, I've- bottomless too. All right. Yeah, she took off everything got arrested but that's one thing where you're making that kind of uh political or so i don't even statement. know what the political statement was I don't please, either. please enlighten me with that 
I don't. I don't either. It was um. Well, at the end the, of the video, Kennedy assassination. Why she had to be naked or something? Some, some <laughs> mess. I don't even remember what the poem was at the end that she read, but it was like she pretended to get shot or whatever, and then she fell. And my thing, you know, my whole thing is, I'm, I'm there. Are kids walking by. Can you not do that? So of course she got arrested for indecent exposure. Okay, fine. You're making a statement, but what you don't do is speak on what you don't know. So you know, I mean, but what would we expect from somebody who's stripped for? Almost no reason. I shouldn't say no reason, but yeah, um, I will. Okay, <laughs> no so, reason. So let me say what she said on Twitter. She appears to come back to clarify her comment. She said, "I love you unconditionally." So I have to say it in her voice. I love you unconditionally. That doesn't mean I support your poor choices. I want healing for you and anyone you have hurt as a result of you being hurt. Is that strange to you? That's all I've ever said. Anything else has been fabricated or taken out of context. <laughs> oh my god! You, you know you got to do that uh, poetry oh cipher voice that she's got going on. Oh my god, Tashi! Oh my god! Next you need calling Tyrone again. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as far as trying to clean something up, I guess that's the best that she can come up with. And honestly, I don't think this is going to hold her back for very long. But no. it's just it's just appalling the tone deafness that some people just it's this is there's terms like too soon forgiveness and stuff like that can come when people have admitted what they've done when they have paid a price for what they've done when he's in jail and she wants to have a prayer circle where we pray for our kelly's pray for our kelly's soul after he said after he's apologized for what he's done and he's in the slammer then we can talk about it at that point but not while he still has girls uh in his little sex cult no, we can't. The healing, the healing can't begin until he is in an orange jumpsuit. And he's where he's been before. So denying the fact that this has even happened, not owning up to this, not he's been dirty and trash for years. And he's had a lot of yet, not by himself, with a lot of other yes people around him covering and uh, taking up for him. And so this is like another case. You are no better, Badu, than the other men and women around him who take up for him, cover up what he does and excuse what he does by saying, you know, I love you and what... No, this is yeah. not if, if, even if that's how you feel, you keep quiet. And you know what? He doesn't warrant forgiveness until he asks for it. He's not sorry at this point. So why are you offering him forgiveness? This is why people get away with this kind of stuff all the time by you know, turning the other cheek and saying, I forgive you. Oh, well, then I feel good. No, no. And his crimes aren't for her to forgive anyway. It is. Why he didn't are do you anything even speaking to her. on it? Yeah, he didn't do anything to her. So just, ugh, yeah. just be quiet, uh, uh, Badu. Sing, sing. Go get Tyrone. Um, get, a, <laughs> get a window seat. Um, go on and on and and just uh, to the break of dawn and be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> uh, and this is guess what? I'm not one that says that celebrities don't need to have a voice or thoughts on certain things. Absolutely. But but guess what? If you're a celebrity and you are not in psychology, you are not in social justice, you're not in any of these things, you don't need to be speaking on it as the authority of that issue. So be quiet. <sighs> yeah, Let's absolutely. Move on. Yeah. Let's move on because she's annoying me now. And I, you know, I like Erica Badu. She's annoying me. All right. Space Force. 
from the guys that bought you brought you the office welcome to space force so kevin talk a little bit more about this because i know you know more about it's coming to netflix um talk a little bit about it well honestly i don't know that much all i know is that basically it's going to be produced and apparently starring steve carell uh from the office and it's going to it's basically a parody of uh what uh the so-called commander in lies i mean in chief um <laughs> uh, uh, put out the the that he wanted to start some kind of space force uh to do what exactly nobody's really sure but apparently steve carell and netflix and the producers of the office are going to pr- try and let us know exactly what the plan is and um it's definitely going to be something that that is going to get a lot of attention because people the, there are people that are diehard fans of the office and yeah. they've been w- there's been rumors of an office reboot but having some kind of workplace comedy in space is <laughs> <I> <laughs> And you know that Netflix is going to spend some money on it, so there will be special effects, and it'll be wacky. So I I think that once Space Force hits uh, uh hit streaming the streaming platform, we will be reviewing it. Definitely. Now I wonder what's going to have to go because Space Force is coming. Because you know <laughs> yeah, something's the... got to go. Oh my. Oh, well, you know what? We're actually going to be paying more money, so I guess that part of it is going to be going towards Steve Carell's inc- incredibly huge salary for Space Force. Yes, well, there's going to be a. Th- I don't know if we talked about this last week, but there's going to be a 13 to 18 percent price hike for Netflix, and the most popular plan is uh, going up to 12.99 or 13 dollars. Yeah. So I, we should have known okay, when uh, when Shonda Rhimes and uh, Ryan Murphy were getting those huge uh, uh, multi million dollar deals. I knew they were coming for me. I could feel it. Oh, they came for us. They came for us. And guess what? People, nobody's going to say I'm leaving Netflix. Most people aren't going to. Most people aren't going <laughs> anywhere. We could get self righteous, but then you're like, damn it, I need to watch X Y Z. So yeah, you know, I may have, I may be forced to downgrade to standard definition, but I'm not leaving. That's right. Or back to the DVD plan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's what's going on with that. We'll be looking out for Space Force because we will be reviewing it, as Kevin said. Another and other Netflix news. Netflix won't be filming a series in North Carolina, in part because of the anti-LGBTQ law. So. This is now three years after this controversy over North Carolina's bathroom bill hit uh, all this, the rage and all the fever. Um, And according to The Hollywood Reporter, excuse me, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix has scrapped their plan to film a new series, OBX, in North Carolina. Carolina. It's supposed to be a coming-of-age drama set in North Carolina's Outer Banks, or they call it the OBX. Producers are opting to film it in South Carolina instead, partly because of the remnants of House Bill 2. So House Bill 2 was uh, signed by former Governor Pat McCrory in 2016, and it prohibited transgender people from using restrooms that align with their gender identity. So meaning... If you are a transgender woman, meaning you were a man and then you transitioned to a woman, you would not be allowed to use the women's bathroom. You would have to use the men's bathroom because that's what you were before. Uh, My thing is like, how the hell would you know 
Yeah, I and mean, exactly who would be, who would be policing these bathrooms, looking for somebody to try and like, wait a minute, do do you have a penis or did you have a penis at any point? I, I don't understand. And and they try to make it. it seem as if the the that the fear is. Uh, I remember seeing when they were doing these commercials, trying to pass this, showing like a little sweet little girl going into the bathroom, and then some man walking in after her that looks all like like he's a, a convict or whatever, just fresh out of jail. And it's just like that's not what we're talking about. That, just... that that is completely different. I I think there's there's this whole misunderstanding when it comes to transgender people and what, who they are. That's not who they are, damn it. And so the fact you have more of a your little girl has more of a uh an opportunity by some you know convict looking man than by a transgender person. Well, and also the idea that, okay, let's say that, like, th- th- what the, imp- the implication of that commercial, what they were putting out there, was that that girl was going to be sexually assaulted by that man. Right. As if there isn't a law against that. So the, the idea that if a transgender person can use the bathroom that matches their gender identity, if some, if they, even if they go in there and molest or attack somebody, they can go to jail because, you know what? Molesting, attacking, raping, stabbing, all against the law. They're no matter crime. what bathroom happened exactly, to be in. Exactly. And, and and the idea that if you are a convict who's a rapist and a kidnapper, that the idea that that bathroom bill is going to keep you from going to the bathroom in there to go kidnap and rape that little girl is absolutely ridiculous. This was about bigotry, pure and it, it, simple. It, they're bigots. No, the, 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 the thing that they were making, you're absolutely right, Kevin. I think the, the point that they were making also is they're out and out saying that People that are transgender are also molesters. That is the equation that you were trying to come up to. This plus this equals this. And it was completely wrong, not rooted in any research or fact. Of course, this is a welcome to America, the South. That's what they do. <laughs> they don't, sometimes they don't use the good common sense that uh, the creator gave them provided they have common sense so you know this is and this is why yeah and you know what i love the south i live in the south but this is why people think uh that southerners don't have good sense because of ish like this come on well i'm i'm glad that they're that that their bigotry there's a cost for their bigotry there are people that were opponents to this that were saying there'll be a cost for this and they're and they're reaping what what they've sown i'm glad they're major companies i remember apple was going to be doing something there they said they would not because of this so yeah let these places if it's more if it's that important to you to hold on to your bigotry and your hatred then yeah i hope big corporations are uh decide to hold you accountable with their dollars or the lack there of dollars and jobs and the people that don't they won't be getting the jobs that they would have gotten with netflix and other uh companies being there they can i guess when they're sleeping in a cardboard box they can calm themselves thinking thank goodness no transgender people can go into the bathroom that they were that they, they identify with that will keep them warm at night hopefully great and now the only place you all have to work is hobby lobby how's that working <laughs> <laughs> how's that working for you well they can also work at that at that at that same school where uh, mike pence's wife is going to be working oh there you go you got two places to work now how how's that working for you so 
The HB2 was partially repealed and replaced by HB142 in 2017, but this replacement maintains the provision prohibiting municipalities from passing any ordinance regulating private employment or public accommodation. So in other words, it bars cities from passing their own non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people or enacting measures raising the minimum wage or protecting workers. You people are, wow. Oh, you're specifically saying, yeah, don't protect people and don't pay them a living wage. Wow. Satan personified. Oh, my God. And this is the Bible Belt? I don't know what Bible you read. Just saying. Anyway, going on. They need to get some Bible suspenders as well. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I mean, but this, this is the thing. It's like, all right, this is going to continue to happen. You're going to continue to get the flourishing of major cities that have tolerance for these types of things. I hate the term tolerance, but that's what it is. But that that will accommodate and understand and incorporate all people into the fabric of the city. Those people who just want Hobby Lobby and uh, the school where Mike Pence's wife teaches, that's all you're going to get. And you will continue not to thrive. All right, let's move on. We're what gonna else move is going on. on? So, uh, one of my favorites, Issa Rae is starring in a romantic comedy with Kamel let me say it. It's Kamel Nanjiani. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> in a, he's in a romantic comedy called The Lovebirds. This is according to The Hollywood Reporter. So Michael Showalter, who directed Nanjiani in The uh, Big Sick, you'll remember him as uh, the lead in The Big Sick, is reteaming with um, him for this movie and is being made by Paramount and MRC. So they're starring in The Lovebirds. Uh, which is which is which is kind of cool. I'm I've never you never see an Indian lead and then a, a African American lead. That is interesting. It absolutely is interesting to see different kinds of couplings. I love when that happens, and I can't wait to see what the story is about. So it's it we're that's one thing. If, if you're a fan of romantic comedies like I am, good ones are few and far between. You talked about earlier when you pronounced a, a TV comedy dead. Um, rom- rom-coms, <laughs> <laughs> rom-coms are on life support. So yes. uh, Crazy Rich Asians did incredibly, insanely well. And that was a huge breath of fresh air. And that was a rom-com. And so that's the first rom-com hit in many, many, many years. And so I I look forward to this. It's going to be, uh, there's diversity, which is great. But hopefully it'll actually be as funny and an interesting story that we haven't seen told before. So, well, let me uh, give you the premise of it. Uh, it is It centers on a couple, those two, they're on the brink of a breakup, and they subsequently become embroiled in a bizarre and hijinks-filled murder mystery as they get close to clearing their names and solving the case. The twosome need to figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night. So, that uh, that is going to be really interesting to see. I dated an Indian man one time. Okay, can I pre-order my ticket now? You can probably. (laughs) But actually, I'm I'm already intrigued. Yeah, no, it's very intriguing. It's very intriguing indeed. And again, I love the different types of couplings. It's been so, it's good that we're starting to see different different types of couplings other than black, white, white, black that, you know, guess what? Other people meet and date. Shockingly enough. Yeah, man. So what else is going on? Is there any Star Trek news? Um, you know what? Yeah, 
But guess what? I didn't do. Pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll talk a little bit about it. Talk about it. it. Talk about it. All right. It. So um, there was huge news for people that are uh, that are Trekkies or Trek fans, whatever you call yourself, uh, that Michelle Yeoh from also from Crazy Rich. It's all about Crazy Rich Asians. This episode uh, is going to uh, be the lead in her own Star Trek series. It's a black ops series. So talk about diversity, black ops. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a series anyway and it's going to be coming to uh cbs all access and you're thinking well kevin is i need more trek well you know what cbs all access has got you so not only do you have star trek discovery and we have the untitled michelle yo star trek series uh that's black ops but we're also going to have patrick stewart's new series that that was announced a few weeks ago uh that's going to follow uh uh jean-luc picard uh the captain of the uh enterprise in star trek the next generation it's going to be the first time that audience have as have seen this character since star trek nemesis back mm. in 2002 mm. and um there's a little bit has been uh told about the plot it's actually tied into the first jj abrams star trek movie where uh fans might remember where spock was trying to stop a uh a planet from being destroyed by a supernova he failed well apparently that failure had a, a, a profound effect on the life of one captain picard so we'll find out about that in uh uh his original series that's coming but you're thinking is that enough trek for you if it is or isn't cbs doesn't care because they have some more star trek shows coming because they're trying to get you to pay that seven dollars a month people so if that isn't enough there's gonna be another uh a show called uh from the producers of Rick and Morty, there's going to be an animated half hour uh, oh, called yes. Lower Decks. Yes. So that's going to be crazy. And uh, another project in development includes a uh, kids-focused animated series uh, that may live outside of CBS All Access. And there's a Discovery spinoff starring... Uh, oh, my God. Not, no, not a Discovery spinoff. There's another uh show that's going to be called Starfleet Academy and it's actually it's uh it's actually from uh J- Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage from the OC so basically my gut tells me this is going to be Riverdale in space people so mm, yeah I- no thanks it's going to be sexy there's going to be a lot of shirtless sulking in Starfleet so that's what's going on on CBS All Access. They are trying to get your money, people. Because honestly, there's not a lot to watch there. There's they have, as far as I'm concerned, they have two shows. They have Star Trek Discovery, and they've got The Good Fight. So it takes more than two shows to get my seven dollars a month. Well, I was about to say they damn well better do all of this, and you know they 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 have a lot that they have to um, answer for. The fact that you're charging people for stuff that they used to be able to get free, and you have nothing but uh, archive of your cbs shows live cbs and then what what the hell no so they need to come up and come with it with some of these things so yeah all right cool beans all right so we have two last stories that we're going to get through quickly thanks for that kevin by the way you're welcome (laughs) that's what co-hosts are for that's what co-hosts are for (laughs) <laughs> in good times and bad times i'll be on the mic forevermore that's what co-hosts are for 
Wendy Williams. We are, we are just using, we're just stealing copyright left and right in this show. You know what? That's why we're moving on to Wendy Williams. <laughs> She's taking an extended break from her talk show because of health issues. I mean, this is no surprise. We've seen on the air how and she, you know, she's been basically broken, you know, a little bit broken, both mind and body. So <laughs> you did not say mom. <laughs> no, okay. Tell me that she's not kind of off. When okay, she's no, it, show, it's, okay, no, it's it's true. It's true. She's we don't been know. a little bit off, and it's you know health concerns, but there's also a lot of family stuff going on. So yeah, check. And for those of you, since we don't do gossip here on we TV don't. channeling, go to the Daily Mail, and yeah, you know, there's a lot there. You could, yeah, we don't do gossip. You could figure that out on your own, but you know, it factors into all of this Ill, illness, you know. And so she's going to be taking an extended break from her daytime talk show to deal with these health issues. Good. Don't continue to go on and try to be superwoman. Take care of yourself. So Wendy's family said in a statement that she suffered complications from Graves' disease, which she has. And it's an autoimmune disease where the thyroid gland overproduces hormones. And in the past, uh, this has happened in the past few days. So her treatment is going to involve a lot of time in the hospital and she really wants to get back to work very soon according uh to tv line but right now her personal and physical well-being are up to paramount according to the family and the show's producer is debmar Mer Mer mercury and they say we wholeheartedly support Wendy in the decision to take the time she needs, and we will welcome her back with open arms the moment she is ready. And she was previously scheduled to return to host uh, this coming Monday after taking time off to recover from a shoulder fracture that she suffered last month. But now they're going to run air, air runs. They're going to run reruns next week with a rotating series of guest hosts manning the new episodes of the show starting the week of the 28th. So Williams also took a break earlier in the year to tend to her health after revealing that uh, she had Graves' disease on the air following, remember when she fainted, she had on that Statue of Liberty outfit and then she fainted. That, yeah, they, and the initial word was that it was the costume was too hot and that's why she fainted. That is insult on top of injury because would you want to, you know, if you're going to faint, would you want to be looking like, you know. The Statue you know, of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty. <laughs> That's insult on top of injury. Well, I hope that Wendy, you know, feels better and that her Graves disease uh, is they're able to get it under control because that's not fun to be sick. Oh, um, absolutely. Well, the question to me is the uh, how they're going to play it on the show within with her absence because uh yes they're gonna be doing reruns all this week last week they had different panels uh, uh a guest of like uh they did as a panel show each episode with like uh four different co-hosts um at a desk the view style and there were some interesting people that they chose and interesting pairings and to me if the if the uh producers of the show are smart they'll keep playing with the different mixes of people that they brought in before because all the people they brought on were friends of the show and don lemon was i believe uh, one of the first co-hosts they had um i think judge Jan uh not judge janine they had some tv judge oh i had not judge janine not a fan of hers uh and then they had uh, uh somebody who was a writer uh and a featured player on chelsea lately and they had some interesting pairings and groupings and so if they kept playing with it I actually thought the one with Don Lemon was actually the best of the week. It was really fun. And um, 
if they're smart, because honestly, I, I believe Wendy's going to get better. There's absolutely no question about yeah. that. But the question is, will she actually want to come back? Once she feels better, because if she's with well, all that she's going on, what's going on in her family life, as well as her health, she might decide. I mean, she's already sitting on piles of cash. She might decide, you know what? Enough of this. I'm out. And so as a backup, there's two ways to look at it. Either as a backup in case she doesn't want to come back or even if she does come back, it can be uh, this can be a backdoor pilot for another show. So I would get Don Lemon and some other interesting people and try them as a panel and have them be filling in as long as she's gone and fine tune that chemistry. And if it, if, if t- when he comes back, they move aside and get their own show. If when he doesn't come back, they just stay where they are. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Well, I'll tell you one thing. She, it could be that she really does want to come back, you know, because this coho, of course, they're all friends to the show. But, you know, imagine not being there. And this is a show that, you know, you've really worked on building and you, you really want to be part of that. And you're afraid of being replaced. You know, when you get to be a certain age, sometimes that is a fear. And she's already... Wendy, from what, you know, the conversations and things she's talked about, you know, her esteem is not at at the highest place. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm sure with the family life thing, that doesn't help. So this... The, the feeling of possibly being replaced, it could be messing with her, which is probably why she wants to get back as, as soon as she possibly can. But, you know, don't do it before you're ready. But I will say this, and this is shade. You need this show if you need a job because your clothing line... no you didn't i'm sorry i had to think because i'm like wendy if it's if it's based on your clothing line you're not gonna make it girl yeah but but there's no no wendy if you happen to hear this because we know you're you're a fan of the show um it doesn't matter we love you we love (laughs) a we love you but b even if they did replace her with a panel, it doesn't mean she would. The moment she's well, someone else will pick her up. Her show does incredibly well in the demographic that they're looking for. It does. So she will be picked up by somebody else immediately, and that show will, of course, be happy to open their 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 arms will stay open, and, and uh, as long as she wants to come back, she'll be welcome back. There is no doubt about that. Exactly. But exactly. why not? The, the show does produces more than just her show. So if the if the panel that they put together to fill in for her catches fire. Back in the day, Arsenio Hall was filling in when Joan Rivers got fired from her show on Fox. And they basically had him as a placeholder and they were getting ready for t- to launch a show with some other people that was going to take over for her time slot. And Arsenio Hall started catching fire. These execs were so- too stupid to realize we already have the thing right here that should replace Joan Rivers. And they basically uh, got rid of Arsenio Hall, the fill-in person, and brought on the-, the actual show that was supposed to take her place. And that show was on for 10, 15 seconds and gone 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 and then Arsenio Hall went on to uh uh be the flagship for the UPN network something that's long gone as well but anyway he became a thing after that so they were really short-sighted so sometimes the people that are doing the filling in may actually turn out to be the thing that should be staying there because our, I was in love with the Arsenio Hall show. I mean, I, w- I was, you know, still in high school. So I would stay up to watch Arsenio Hall before that was a must to stay up to watch Arsenio Hall. And you're right. They were very short-sighted by not seeing the gold that they had right there. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know. Yeah, a talk um, show host is a, a talk show host in the hand is worth two in the bush. 
God of Heaven to him. Hashtag <laughs> me too. Hashtag, you know, <laughs> that was random. But anyway, Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, we hope you feel better soon. Take care of yourself. Don't rush back too quickly. Look, they've got they've got your seat. So don't rush back too quickly. Yeah, um, your topics will stay hot. They'll stay hot. But you you need to go back because that clothing line, as I said. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh my God! Twist the <laughs> knife! Twist no, the knife! No shade. I love you, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying no shade doesn't make it not shade. It doesn't. But who, who who am I? She's got a whole clothing line in an empire. She doesn't care about me. Anyway, so finally, we're going to talk a little bit about Big Brother. Remember, the big news was that finally, old girl came back. And so, but there's uh, uh, some more news about Celebrity Big Brother. The cast is including Anthony Scaramucci. Do I, did I say his name right? I was Yeah, thinking, Scaramucci. I think I would say it wrong, but Anthony Scaramucci, Dina Lohan, and Ryan Lochte. So, entering the Big Brother house are going to be Kato Kalen. Oh, God. I mean, really? At Talk- Kato Kalen. Actor Joey Lawrence, who got sexy all of us, you know, in his later years. <laughs> okay. He does. I'm sorry. He, he he did. We just have some stories about some sexy wait, 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 Are you basically saying that he's blossomed? He bl- blossomed and then some, sir. And then Olympic bobsledder Lolo Jones and former NFL running back Ricky Williams. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who Lolo Jones is. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Um, so the cast of season two of, cele- of CBS's Celebrity Big Brother has been revealed. Viewers are going to soon be given 24 access, 24-7 access to the cast. That includes former White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci, uh, Dina Lohan, Ryan Lochte, and Grammy nominee and TV personality Tamar Braxton. Mm. So, wow. yeah. So, but one, one, one other thing they, they for shockingly didn't mention, maybe this when the story came out, they didn't have, but, but also Candy Burris from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. That one really yes, surprised Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't okay, gotten there go yet. ahead. Okay. So, um, it also, also, um, Natalie Eva Marie, Candy Burris. Are, are Wait, who also, the hell is Nat- Natalie Eva Marie? I do, look, the same person who Ricky <laughs> Williams is. I don't know. I don't know these folks. Okay, go so, ahead. So, let's see. Um, Jonathan Bennett uh, uh, was in Mean Girls. Uh, Lolo Jones. Okay, no, I know Lolo Jones because she's a track star. I didn't know she was a bobsledder, too. Um, NFL, former NFL running back, Ricky Williams. Okay. Former WWE wrestler, Natalie Eva Marie. Okay. Was she on the, that, um, those... Real divas, you know that. You know, from, I I've never watched uh, the real wrestling or divas or whatever they call. It. I yeah. haven't watched it, so I don't know. Uh, also, wait, wait, wait! Comedian Tom Green and um, singer and reality star Candy Burris, Kato Kalen, as I mentioned, who is um, being described as an infamous house guest. Oh God! Um, and in the show's promo, Kaylin says, living with celebrities is nothing new to me. That is so tacky. I know. That is really bad. Well, but you know what? I got to say something about Tom Green. You know what? Drew Barrymore, you have so dodged a bullet. I I thought that you were high on crack when you got with him in the first place. Yes. But but now that you're no longer with him, you can just be like, whew, I'm glad that that's in my past. Yes. Can you imagine? Sometimes, you know, we don't use the best sense in picking a mate. 
No, okay. well, she definitely wasn't. But the anyway, the, but the cast, the the most interesting one that's there that doesn't make any sense that they're there to me is there's only one, and that well, there's two. I don't understand why Scaramucci is there other than the fact that he is addicted to being in the public eye because the man has more money than you can count. He's worth uh, tens of millions of dollars, so there's no reason for him to be there as far as money goes. Unlike Cato Kalin and Tom Green, they're there for every nickel, so that makes sense. But another one that doesn't make sense to me is Candy Burris. Candy Burris. You're on TV. Not only are you on TV every Sunday on uh, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, but then you had another show on the on on Bravo on on Candy Bravo. Candy coated nights. Yeah, Candy coated nights. She has her. That's her. That's her line of adult toys. Uh, then she had her. She had uh, the Candy Factory show where she was finding uh, and discovering new and producing talent uh, songs for people. Then she also had a show where it was like her and her family go on a ski vacation, like Candy on Ice or something like that. I mean, just like literally. And she has her. She has a, a line of restaurants called the Old Lady Gang. I yes, mean, which Jesus. I tried to go to, but the line was too long. <laughs> exactly. So they're open up. They're open to practically franchise. So again, she's got a lot going on. And the funny thing is, she th- talk about throwing shade on uh on the beginning of this season on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, I'm I'm not saying I watch. A friend told me that <laughs> what happened was her her daughter who's in her uh uh mid-teens uh a question when Candy was talking to her, to her about the fact that she might be having another child because she has a child with her uh husband named Ace the child is named Ace and the kid's right. like around 2 or 3 years old now and so her daughter was like yeah do you need to be having another kid when you don't see the kids that you already have and um and I'm like um yeah so when a, w- let, let a child tell you so the idea that she's going to go into a house and live there 24-7 and have no contact with the outside world for like a month or so when there's theoretically no this is this woman's profile is high enough i my thing is like okay as you were saying addicted to the spotlight there's no reason you you don't have to do that you are all you look even if you did nothing else and just lived off of the music that you wrote for other people your the publishing you would be okay Oh my God! Yeah, that that no more scrubs money is good. That, that's some. It's not scrubs money, you know. That's some serious money. So you don't have to do these things. To me, the only thing I could think of is you just really like being in the spotlight. And so, the, to me, even if I if if you don't, you will never find me doing a reality show, okay, of this type, reality competition or what or whatever. You will not. However, if I had to do one, it definitely is not going to be one where I have to be locked in a house with people who are plotting against me, who I probably don't like anyway. Well, I I think this is time for me to make an announcement. I'm actually in talks to be on Bravo's new series, The Real House Dudes of Los Angeles. So we'll see how it goes. Filming is starting. They're actually filming. They're filming me right now. So (laughs) we'll see if I make the cut. And anyone who believes that, I really have some great land to sell you in Antarctica. All in right. Well, th- thank you for trying to stop me, uh, stop my flow, and stop me from blowing up. Oh, on I, Bravo. I was clock blocking you, definitely. Clock blocking. <laughs> I was wow. definitely clock blocking you. All right. Well, I guess that means it's time to end the show because the camera crew is—they're wrapped. They're, they're they're finishing up. They're 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 getting their stuff. So <laughs> so if I'm not being filmed, it doesn't count. So I'm ready to say goodbye. 
Okay, well, let's do that then. <laughs> it has been loads of fun, as per usual, my wonderful co-host. I really do, like, like, on the real, I have to say, I really do value and appreciate you because you are hilarious and so much fun. So thank Aww. you. Uh, okay, see, don't I, I don't need the awes. I just want to, <laughs> I, I don't need that. We don't need to make it into a mushy moment. But, oh my God. Yeah. You, oh my God. You give me the sweet and then you give me the spicy. Yeah. So- <laughs> it's like a Sour Patch Kid. First they're sour. Then they're sweet. <laughs> so, so thank you very much. I always enjoy uh, doing this, uh, going on this journey with you through TV entertainment and film. Okay, I guess I'm enjoying it too. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Very I don't want to be too syrupy or mushy you can't for be you. Too syrupy. No. All no. right. <laughs> and we no enjoy- podcast hugs here. No hugs there, and you know, a little pat on the back. Anyway, we enjoy you all as well. Thank you so much for listening. It's because of you all that we do this and we appreciate you. So we're actually going to go into now how where you can listen and how you can contact us. Shall I go first? Yes, you should. Okay, so you can listen to us on a myriad of different platforms. We are on Stitcher, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. We are on Spotify, which is huge. You can also go to tvchanneling.com and just listen to us there through Podbean. And big, 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 we are also on wjmsradio.com. You can listen to us live at 5. So live at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesdays, every Tuesday. And maybe you want to sound off to us about something you heard on the show. How can they reach us on social all right, we are everywhere on social, Tachi. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on Snapchat, and we are on my personal favorite, Twitter. And also, you can reach us by email uh, if you want to do a, uh audio question or a typed-out question as well. You can reach us uh, at tvchanneling at gmail.com. And if there's any question that's going on, uh, in, anything that's going on in pop culture that you want to ask us about, or if there's there's any TV show that you want us to review, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to do an audio question, there's another way you can do it. You can reach us uh, at TV Channeling Reruns on Anchor. And you can call in your question. And if we select your question, not only will we answer it, but we will play it here on the show. Woohoo! All right. We'll be waiting for your sound offs and answers and, and all of that good stuff. Oh, and we got to also say, please like and subscribe, and we would love it if you would leave us a positive review. Thank you. Emphasis on positive. And with that, thank you so much for coming to listen to us yet again. We appreciate you. We love you for listening. And we're going to let you get back to what you were doing before you were listening to us. So sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it with or without Tyrone, we're talking about it. Call Tyrone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>